Blog Talk Radio. She also provides coaching to cancer patients one-on-one. 
We also have with us today, in just a moment, Marsha Mercant, the co-author of The Gift of Cancer. You may recognize Marsha's voice, depending on where you are, uh, because she is an incredibly talented, internationally known voiceover artist, as well as an actor and singer. And she has been the voice of Time Warner Cable, Aetna, HSBC, Hertz, Sirius XM, and other things. So if you recognize her voice, don't be surprised. And she is also the co-editor of a very empowering book, Fearless Women, Visions of a New World. And she's a very expressive individual, even recently completing a new play called When You Get There. Um, And so I am just so delighted to welcome both of these ladies on the air, and I'm going to bring them on one at a time here, so it'll be just a slight delay as we get them both on. All right. Welcome, Brenda. Welcome, Marsha. I am just so happy to have you here today. Hi, Susan. We're thrilled to be here. Yes, we are, Susan. Hi there. Well, this is a a very important topic, and as you know, I introduced it in a way that really recognizes even my own honesty with this that I swear, Brenda and Marcia, we are all on a journey in understanding this. And it's not always that easy to understand um, as to why why we we have illness in our lives, serious illness, and, and what our role is and what we can do to to lead balanced, healthy lives. So, so Marsha, I, I would, or Brenda, I guess I should start with you, Brenda. Um, I'd like you to um, introduce your own story as to to who you were. You were so young when you first had cancer, and and how you began this journey of learning about your role in all of this. I was young. I was 26 when I had my first diagnosis of cervical cancer. And that resulted in a hysterectomy, which was a very young age. It also meant that I was unable to to have children. Not that I was thinking about having children, because I really, I sort of knew from the time I was very young that I wasn't going to be a mother, um, and I didn't have a desire to be a, a mother in that regard. But it was still, when it happened, it was still quite shocking to me and and also to my body. And then, and, and I, the life I was lead, uh, leading at that time was very destructive. I was yeah. in a very destructive marriage. I was raised in a, a fairly, if you will, non-functioning family, very dysfunctional, a lot of anger and rage, a lot of screaming and yelling in our household. A lot of my father was very much into using the belt or a stick yeah. or whatever he could get his hands on to discipline us. And um, and I had a mother who was very withdrawn emotionally, as you quite you could imagine, yeah. having a father that was dominating that way. And so those patterns, very young patterns and beliefs, begin to develop in me all around shrinking back and protecting myself and trying to almost be anonymous, not seen and not heard too much because of a lot of the abuse that was going on. And those patterns just carried on into adulthood. And and those are very 
chaotic patterns as well. And I often say there's symbology in everything. And cancer cells, they replicate at a very, in a very chaotic way. Yeah. And it sort of was really quite amazing when I looked at it later on, once I could look back and see all the chaos in my life and how my body was expressing the the wounds that I was carrying, the deep wounding that I carried around with me. And it played out in physical expression as well as my relationships, my career, all of it. Now, I know in your book you you, you say that you married your father, essentially, and that you continued in this pattern of... Um, a powerlessness, I guess, and you know how I think many people have this kind of a background, and and it can lead to a kind of victim consciousness and, and a disempowering approach, especially as women. Um, although it certainly can impact men as well, but I I know that it's it's something that can happen to many women. We get in these powerless patterns. Mm-hmm. I will tell you with the clients that Rob and I have absolute, you know, it's such a, it, it's, so hum, it's so humbling to be able to work with these people. And I will tell you that almost every female client that we have, I hear the same story, that very yeah. same story I just repeated uh-huh. with their own circumstances, their own players in their drama, but very similar patterns of powerlessness of shrinking back and holding back who you are, becoming less than in order to avoid being seen too much or heard too much or whatever that is to protect yourself and then taking on these very negative patterns that we take on and the beliefs that follow all of that. Um, you just see it repeated over and over and a lot of women with breast cancer become people pleasers and uh-huh. they are they're looking for recognition and acknowledgement, and they're not able to get it any other way but in this very negative way. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, one of one of the things, and Marsha, I want to bring you into this conversation as well, um, because I know that, that you have explored empowerment issues very much so, and I wonder if, you know, just if you could comment on this as to, you know, just how important it is to to learn how to live in an empowered way. Well, I you know, it's it, it's it's such a common experience that women have, you know, as Brenda said, yeah. because until you really get into a place where you understand that it's your own consciousness that needs to be raised up, it's your yeah. it's your own soul, your own being, your own heart that you need to investigate and invest in and really learn about who you are. You know, I I had I had many uh, <laughs> destructive relationships um, yeah. in you know in, in my love life based mostly on the fact that I didn't believe in myself enough. I didn't yeah. you know and, and that and for me interestingly enough I had a very gentle soul for a father. He was mm-hmm. most loving and I don't know if he ever raised his voice to me ever. Um, mm-hmm. But but he wasn't not that he was a pushover. You know he was he was a really what I think now of as a manly man a gentle you know, uh-huh. powerful, empowered soul. Um, and yet, for me, on my journey, I needed to find these men repeatedly got involved with alcoholics, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I was a I was a saver. I was gonna, you know, show them <laughs> that love was gonna save their lives, and I was gonna fix them, and that sort of yeah. became, you know, my thing that that um, my mission in life, and and really that mission was based in the fact that I didn't think that I deserved on some level that I deserved more than that. Yeah. You know. You know, I had an experience um, very early on in my spiritual awakening, which ironically was with a very conservative Christian. And I say this because I know there are people of many different paths listening. And this person said to me that because of certain issues I had from my childhood, I was having trouble accepting the love of God. And I I think it's kind of Mm -hmm. a beautiful experience because it came... Um, from a path that that really wasn't working for me, and yet that truth. um, And and the question that I want to ask here, raise the topic, is, you know, how much understanding, not just how, because we have to understand who, who is God, what is the relationship of the universe, God, spirit to us, but also, you know, what does that mean about loving ourselves? You know, and and what does loving ourselves and loving God in the process and accepting love, just love all around, have to do with our own healing? Well, I feel that if, in fact, we are in a loving, a truly loving space, love, really, love is all there is. I I think the fear is just a stepped-down vibration from love. Because love is the really the only vibration on the planet, and then we've distorted and stepped that energy down into another energy that we have used on this planet quite masterfully, if you will, uh, in our creations up to date. But yes. if we are in a loving space, that is a healing space. That is a state of peace. That is a state of grace. And and none of us are masters at that by any means. Even those of us that have been on this journey for some time, we certainly haven't mastered that. And that yes. comment about being able to accept the love of God, to me, really relates back to being able to understand at a very deep level that we are God presence in human form, expressing mm-hmm. the God energy through us in human form. And it really speaks to how deeply can we love ourselves, how deeply can we honor our truth, ourselves, our feelings, our needs, our desires, without moving to that place where we're, we're selfish with it, where we're in the egoic state of that energy as opposed to the more loving, inclusive state of love. And I think that's the balance point, and I think that's what we all have a lot to learn about. Yeah. I think I think that we get caught up in thinking that there's something that we we need to do or accomplish or be or say mm-hmm. or live that there's some some secret thing that we need to do in order to be a, a true expression of God, when in reality we 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 are God presence, as Brenda said, just yes. because we are, just because we're here, we are yes. spiritual beings having a human experience. There's there's nothing that we have to do to prove our worthiness, 
to, um, to justify our existence. The fact that we exist is, is reason enough. Mm-hmm. And when we live in fear, I, I, it just occurred to me that fear is a misunderstanding. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a misunderstanding of how the universe works. Right. It, everything that we need that, that God can provide is here for us when we are able to accept it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to do anything. It's not like, you know, if you're a good person, then God will love you. I, you know, that's, that's just one of the greatest myths of, <laughs> of yeah. Christianity, I think, you know, which is unfortunate. It's, it's, not, it's not what God is. God is not sitting in judgment of how we perform and how we behave and what we do. God loves everyone. We are God's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really brings to mind what Marcia said, Susan. It brings to mind a lot of the clients that I work with. And there's two things that we work around, and one of them is they feel they have to earn their place, whether it's in the relationship or in their business, wherever it is, they have to earn something. Like Marcia said, we have to grasp for something outside of ourselves. But one of the things at the bottom of that that I have found, and I have I found it in myself through my healing journey, is are we able to give ourselves permission to just be who we are? Can we give ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling and honor that? Can we give ourselves permission to say no when we really mean no and yes when we really mean yes? And quite often what I find and I found in myself, I was unable to give myself permission. I was looking for the permission outside of me. Yes. Yes, there's that that pleasing, that you need to please something outside mm-hmm. of you that, that is a part of um, feeling powerless. And, you know, I feel that you do bring up something really important about fear being a misunderstanding, Marcia. You know, given that this show is very much about fear and we've explored it so much in that it, it just, it really does separate us from who we really are. And and I know that, you know, it's just so important, I feel, to understand this with respect to having a healthy and fulfilling life. And I think it's reflected in Brenda's story, and it's reflected in many stories in that, um, and it's so, it is a bridge-building concept. I mean, Brenda, you were interviewed by Kathy Lee Gifford, who is a, known to be quite conservative, and mm-hmm. these these concepts, and I'm really trying to, to to really bring this home today because it's so important, they're not you know, what that person believes or that person. They really are unifying concepts if we believe that God is everywhere and that we are special creations, special expressions of that omnipresence because it's the basis of everything to understand that as to how we can participate in our own lives in ways that we may not have imagined because of what we've been taught. Well, being there with uh, Kathy Lee Griff- Griffin, Griffith and uh, Hoda, it was uh-huh. interesting because you're right. You could even see it was a demonstration of how those concepts unified. Yeah, uh, we were all three, including and Marcia was there, including everyone that was standing there and yes. all the camera people. We were all there together, and there was this feeling 
correct me if I'm wrong, Marcia, but there was this unified feeling of oneness and caring, and it was a very heartfelt show. Everyone's heart was open to some degree, so it really demonstrates that unification of those concepts. They're universal. And, you know, different religions, different how they want to use God or Jesus or Mother Mary or or whatever, it doesn't matter. It is the energy of love that every deity carries, including us. And going back to that misunderstanding that fear is a misunderstanding, um, I take that one step further. It's a misunderstanding of who we are. We do not know who we are, and until we know who we are, we live in fear. Because once we are rooted in who we are, and we deeply understand that, and we own that on an internal level, the peace that comes with that, there's, there isn't room for fear. It's just yeah, it, it, there it's, isn't. It's, it's also, um, you know, not just a misunderstanding of who we are, but a misunderstanding of how the universe works. Right. You know, that 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 again, going back to the idea that I I need to do something to prove my worthiness, and yeah. it, it's not so. You know, if I'm if I and you know, as Brenda said that day that that she was on the Today Show was there there was such a unifying love in the in the studio mm-hmm. and Kathy Lee and Hoda were so taken with her story and and with Brenda's presence, which is so beautiful. Her energy is so beautiful, um, and it it was just you know a love fest, and I, it always just makes me <laughs> think of like you know if we could just get out of our egos long enough, yes. you know, and just you, you know even if you don't. Agree agree with someone that's all right i i mm-hmm. can love you and not agree with you mm-hmm. i i can have you know a, a level of discourse it doesn't mean that you know i can't accept you because you know when when we find it difficult to accept other people and accept their views it's because we're not accepting ourselves and our own views and our own thoughts it's because we're questioning who we are and where we fit into the world and that's where you see that kind of contentious sort of you know as Brenda said egoic uh uh behavior that happens with people you know it's it's how it's how wars happen you know yeah. <laughs> based on you know in the name of god let's you know let's kill each other cuz you don't believe what my god believes you know it's like whoa where, you know that's <laughs> like how can people not see how crazy that is mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know more and more i i seek ways of promoting exactly what we're doing today is that you know, we can find these things where we share commonality. And it's usually based in love because love is everywhere, just like you said, Brenda. Everything is about love. And, right. you know, this very much relates to our healing. I think that we encounter it all the time. I had it just today where someone was asking for prayers. Well, you know, some people believe in prayer. Some people believe in sending healing energy. Some people, you know, they're, they're all different ways of looking at that when someone asks for support. And and yet we can all come together, I mean, from all different walks of life and support one another and, and also understand. And, you know, with that said, I want to, to more explore, Brenda, your journey in, in terms of, you know, how much – for example, did stress do you feel, and even with your clients, 
um, this stress when we feel out of alignment, often out of alignment with love and who we are, but when we have this stress in life, how much does that influence our own relationship to our bodies? You know, it's really fascinating uh, because as I'm listening to what you're saying there, what is coming to me is to to talk about beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I know from my own experience what created most of the stress, I believe what creates most of the stress in our lives yeah. is being separated from who we are, not knowing yeah. who we are. And we're out of balance right there. That's the core stress. And then what begins to build on that core stress, at least for me and my experience, was all these beliefs that I took on uh, from the time I was young all the way through right up to this moment. And I've explored that a lot with my, my clients. One of the questions that I ask myself a lot these days, and I ask all my clients, when I have a belief about something, because beliefs are what separate us. You believe one thing, I believe another, Marsha might believe another. And right there that sets up the separation. It also allows an opportunity to find common ground in those beliefs. But when we are so addicted and determined to hold on to our beliefs to the exclusion of other people's beliefs is when we run into trouble. And I very much lived my life that way because that was demonstrated to me when I was young. Yeah. I thought that was the right thing to do, that I had to be. There's this thing with the ego about needing to be right yeah. about what you yeah. believe, and that created tremendous stress in my life. And so you couple that with that core stress, and it just piles on and on and on as the years go by. And at some point, your body which I feel we do not have a relationship with, that we want to have a relationship with our body. Our body carries our spirit. Our body is an intelligence of its own. And we get warning signs all the time. And I got warning signs for years that I completely ignored. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered. Yeah. And it finally expressed as, I, I say that God usually taps on the window and then God knocks on the door. And okay. if you're still not listening, God blows the door down. And my third diagnosis and being given a year to live at that point was the blowing down of the door. Yes. Well, that would be for many, many people. And I know that we've had <laughs> a number get your of attention. Yeah, I think that's an understatement <laughs> of the year. But yeah. We've had many people on this show. And, you know, here we are laughing at that. I mean, you know, it, it, there are people listening who may be facing this and thinking, this isn't funny, you know. But And it's not exactly. But you know what? There, it's amazing how the stories that have come through this program alone and just, you know, far beyond this show that I have here, they, what happens is these experiences open the door to remarkable spiritual awakening. And, you know, I have a much lesser experience myself, which ironically was a very frightening mammogram, which I won't get into. I've talked about it on this show before many years ago. I would not be here doing this show if not for that. Um, mm-hmm. And it can come in little ways. You know, we live in terror 
women, um, especially if you have it in your family. Um, And, you know, nowadays um, breast cancer is showing up everywhere. You know, and we've talked on this show about how it's showing up too much, that there are experts who say we're being overscreened and all this. And I don't want to get too much into that, but there is very much a fear-based culture around breast cancer and but I'll tell you because I was so afraid, you know, and I had a frightening mammogram that then had to be checked out, but it really scared the heck out of me because of what it showed. Mm-hmm. Um I woke, I mean that's what ultimately led to my having to have a spiritual life. And you know, something I know this is kind of a long introduction to a question, but there's something else really important here and and I really want to explore this is you know, my own journey involved shutting myself down to spirituality. And I feel that there are a lot of people out there, and I don't know who's listening out there who may be in this, but you certainly know people like this, I'm sure, where we're, we're in a world right now where we're going to have people in our lives who do not believe in spirituality at all. They do mm-hmm. not believe in any of this. They don't believe in the universe, God. I mean, you know, that the only thing that matters is what the doctor says. And that's it, you know, because mm-hmm. that's it. Science is it. And right. I really want to explore this because it's so important in your journey, and it was very pivotal in mine as well, um, you know, finding the way to to awakening, no matter what others are saying. When we're embedded in that belief that, you know, there is nothing beyond the physical body is when we find ourselves out of balance and we find ourselves at some level there is a tension or an anxiety or stress that sits there that may not be acknowledged because it may be being covered up with a lot of busyness, a lot of distraction. Maybe you're the kind of person that all you want to do is make money and you're doing that and you're making a lot of money and you're buying a lot of stuff and you're staying in that distraction. Like everything else, you cannot separate the mind, body, spirit. It is connected. Just like we're connected to nature, we're connected to animals. And there are people out there that don't believe that, that don't believe that we're connected in that way. That's right. That the mm-hmm. earth is here for us just to use up and do what, yep. what we want. That animals don't have feelings or a soul, and they're just be, maybe beasts of burden or here for whatever reason for us to use and discard. And that's okay if you believe that. If that if that works for you and your life is working and you are in joy and you live a peaceful life and you live the life you want to be living, so be it. But the awakening that's happening on the planet today uh, is not really at some point going to allow for that belief to hold up because everything is connected. And while the doctors have a lot of great information and scientific background. You know this, Susan, and I know, Marcia, you and I, we've often talked about this in other interviews. Science is now discovering that, you know, the brain and the neurons in the brain and what turns on Dr. Bruce Lipton wrote the, the book, mm-hmm. uh, his book on beliefs, that something yes. has to turn on all of that. And who turns all of that on is us. 
we turn on those different factors in our lives. And usually we turn it on by what we believe about ourselves, each other, and life. And a lot of people think life simply happens to them. And we say on our show, life is for you. Like Marcia said, God is for you. Everything on this planet is for you. We get free will. We get to choose what we believe and the actions that we take based on our beliefs and the knowledge that we have. That's what we've been given is that free choice, that free will. Yes, yes. Now, I have a question um, that is certainly reflected in understanding your story, Brenda. And it, it, again, very much relates to, there may be people listening out there who who really feel guided um, to take a certain approach. And, you know, we're not here advocating any particular approach. And they could have people around them that are saying, you know, real naysayers about that, you know, or maybe they've been taught to be powerless. And those people can also be doctors, or sometimes there are great doctors. We're not here to just say, you know, all doctors are are disempowering people or anything. But some can be, and you encountered one who who basically was going to schedule you, you know, even even though you had misgivings. Um, and, and I guess, you know, I'm trying to express this question best I can in the sense of how do we be our own advocates? I mean, I can say that even in a non-spiritual way. Just, you know, be manage our own decisions with respect to how we proceed with any healing process, no matter what we're encountering. How do we claim our our own independence, you know, and knowing, you know, that we are one with spirit, or even those who don't, you know, even those listening out there who maybe don't believe in God but still want to have the the empowerment to make their own choices? Well, I'll let Marcia answer some of that, too, but the first thought that comes to me the first feeling I have about that, actually, is it's very going to be very challenging to be an advocate for yourself if you do not have, if you do not understand that you are connected to a higher power. Yeah. If you're just going to listen to your mind, and if you really, and if you're brutally honest with yourself, and you look back at a lot of the decisions and choices that you've made in your life by just listening to the mind, to, you know, yeah. analyzing and doing yeah. the logical, how yeah. many of those have really served you, and how yeah. have they served you? If you're not connected in a deeper level, if you don't yeah. go deeper than that, you're going to have a really hard time navigating that. And I think, yeah. Marcia, you would probably agree with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, Brenda, about, you know, your story, you know, and what's, what's uh, in the book is mm-hmm. it, it's not like that's an easy thing to do. When you are in an incredibly vulnerable state, as Brenda was, and anyone who is, you know, looking at, you know, any sort of illness, doesn't even have to be life-threatening, but, you know, any right. kind of illness, it's, it's scary. And you've got someone who's sitting opposite you who is, you know, quote, unquote, the expert in that field, 
it's pretty hard to look in the face of that and be able to say, eh, that, that doesn't really feel like the right treatment to me. I don't think that's what I want to do, you know. And yeah. Brenda wavered, and it's not like she was, you know, gung-ho, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I want to do, and this is how it's going to happen, you know. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impossible in the face of that kind of input to be, you know, strong enough in your, in, in your heart and soul. And, you know, as Brenda said, not just your mind saying, yeah, I don't want to do this, I'm afraid of this, you know, because it, it goes so much deeper than that. It's that, and, you know, and neither one of us are here to say, you know, what Brenda did is the only way to do it and right. this is what you should right. do. And if you do traditional Western medicine, you know, that's, you're crazy. You know, it's like, no, because that's the right choice for some people. And and whatever you feel is the right choice for you is is the right choice. There mm-hmm. are as many stories of healing as as there are illnesses, you know. So it's not like there's one way to do it. But, you know, as Brenda said, having that connection to something that's greater than you, and that's why, you know, she and I, and I'm sure you too, Susan, are huge advocates mm-hmm. of daily meditation because what you do is that you start to develop that muscle. You know, you yeah. wouldn't expect to go out and run a marathon if you hadn't trained for it. So mm-hmm. when you get into a situation where you have, you know, a health marathon, let's say, um, a, a life-threatening disease, you can't suddenly think that you're going to, you know, all of a sudden, like, all this stuff is going to come together and you're going to, you know, go, oh, yeah, I need to talk to God now. It's <laughs> like if, if you haven't established that relationship yeah. prior to that, it's, it's pretty hard to, to pull it in from nowhere. Uh, and I'm encouraging, Susan, I'm encouraging people to look beyond treatment. Yes. The treatment yes. is one thing. Yes. And that's the physical part of it. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes back to the whole of us. You know, the phys- the body doesn't get sick unless we are out of balance on all different levels. So it isn't just environmental toxins that create and weaken the immune system and allow for cancer to manifest. It's yeah. also emotional issues and yeah. old hurts and resentments and regrets and unforgiveness that we carry, old wounds and old baggage we carry around. Yeah. And we ruminate and story about and repeat, even if not to each other, in our own minds. And we develop negative patterns from that and negative ways of being and living and taking on negative beliefs like the world doesn't support me or, you know, my father doesn't support me or whatever it is. Whatever it is, the it is what we really want to embrace and face so that we can heal beyond just the physical body because that's what healing is about. You might cure and go in remission, and that is great. And if you can stay there, hallelujah. But if you really want to heal all of you, then you really go and face all of it to the best of your ability. And just know, and I say from my own experience, I had absolutely no understanding of how to heal when I started my journey. But when I made the commitment to heal not only my physical body but my emotional and mental and spiritual bodies, when I made that deep internal shift, everything I needed, Susan, everyone and everything appeared in my life. 
and I mean that. I didn't have to go search for any of it. That's the miracle of how powerful we are when we make that deep commitment to ourselves. Yes. You know what I appreciate about what both of you share is it it truly goes way beyond healing. I mean, it's the future. It's the unfolding of who do we choose to be. Right. You know, even even when we feel, um, you know, maybe we're not responding to any kind of, um, although most of us have something in our lives we seek to heal that we're working on, a journey of some sort, but it has to do with living and thriving and and living a fulfilling life, you know, not, not even just a response to anything, but, but how we go forward in life in the most joyous, fulfilling way. And and the, I the feel that's, that's so that's, important. The thing that's really, excuse me, is really, um, I yeah. think, wonderful, one of the things about um, about the book is that, you know, we, we've often said it, it's called the gift of cancer, and I know that, you know, many people take umbrage with that, and we certainly understand that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're faced with that, it's, you know, no Doesn't one can tell like you how gift. to feel yeah. about it, you know. Yeah. But, but our, our con- one of our contentions is that, you know, the, the book is not just a cancer book. It's about healing right. your life. And right. the title right. could be the gift, the gift of adversity, the gift of money mm-hmm. problems, the gift of relationships, mm-hmm. the gift of an abusive parent. You know, the, yes. it could be anything. It's really about healing your life, mind, body, and spirit. And uh, Brenda's particular vehicle happened to be cancer, but mm-hmm. for other people it might be something else, you know. But we all yeah. have things that we have come here to heal, that it's yeah. the reason that we're here, you know, to heal the things that in our life that need to be healed so that we can live our highest and best and raise our vibrations up and do that for each other as well. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and I like people to think of it this way. We all came here to heal a lot of different issues in our lives. We wouldn't be left here on our own without the power to do so. I mean, if if you're going to think of God as a judgmental, angry God, then maybe you would feel that way. But when you understand that love is really all there is, and that this is a loving planet, it is a loving environment, it is for you, and the only reason it isn't is on some level you've decided it's not and put your belief into that and then made choices, not consciously a lot of the times, but unconsciously made choices and decisions in your life to prove that 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 belief is true for you, then you will have that experience that, Honestly, I was such a victim in my life before this experience really profoundly affected me. And I felt that my cards were stacked against me, that I was dealt a raw hand, and on and on and on. And I lived that way. And my experiences proved it over and over, so my ego got to be right. But as soon as I changed my mind about that, and I withdrew and healed that belief along with a lot of other really negative beliefs that I had, my life changed. And I'm not special. This is available to everyone. And for women, I just like to say the breasts are very symbolic. 
And, you know, you mentioned way earlier on in the interview, Susan, about the breasts and about so much Uh breast cancer. The breasts are what we nurture our children with. So they represent the nurturing part of us. And what I found for myself and every single breast cancer patient I've worked with is that we are not nurturing ourselves. We're giving it all away. We give it all away. We nurture everything and everyone but ourselves. And we end up feeling left behind, resentful, angry, disappointed, what's wrong with me, why is my life like this, when we're giving it all away. We're not standing in that part of us that knows what we need, knows what our desires are, knows how we feel, and stands for that in a very loving, open, inclusive way. We're giving it out, and we're giving it away because on some level we don't feel we deserve or that we measure up. And so that whole journey for me, you could have called it the journey to self-love. Yeah. Because that's what healing is. And those illnesses and all of those things, whether they're money issues or relationship issues, it doesn't matter what the it is. It's all about love and remembering and rediscovering who we are so we can become who we are. And that's all about the loving beings that we truly are at our core. That's what this whole shift is about now. And if we believe that these things that happened are that happen to us that happen in our lives, if we feel that they're opportunities as as opposed to punishments, mm-hmm. that's that's the nature of what um, you know a, a good deal of our message is about. Is that things are going to happen in your life, and right. how are you going to hold those things? How are you going to walk through those things? Are you you know it's not it's not like I want to you know call up my first husband and say oh thank you for abusing me, but you know. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I, I have to look at that and say that that has is part of my development as a woman and who I am today is partly because of that experience that I had in my in my first marriage. Mm-hmm. So holding those things as opportunities to to be gifts, to be the the learning that can make us better and stronger and more authentically who we are. That's that's yeah. a lot of what our message is about. How we perceive and what we believe is what you get to experience. So when those, when life offers up whatever, how do we perceive that experience, what do we believe about that experience is going to dictate how we go through that. And that's the power that we have. And it's a beautiful power to have when it's used in its highest form. Yes. You know, what I feel that's coming through so powerfully, um, and and I have to say this is weaving its way through multiple interviews on this show, is when we talk of something being a gift, it's gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I hear these powerful stories, and I'm sure we can all reflect on our stories, we can often ask ourselves, if I were to eliminate that thing, you know, whatever it is, that thing, and there are usually many things, <laughs> that was really challenging or awful or whatever, you know, or felt that way, you know, if I want to say it that way, 
um, at the time. You know, maybe we really were in a victim mode. Whatever. If I were to eliminate that from my life, what would my life be? And immediately you realize, oh, my gosh, I needed that. And then suddenly yeah. <laughs> it is a gift and it's gratitude. It, it comes right back mm-hmm. to are you thankful for these things that open you up? I mean, that that's mm-hmm. what it seems to be the case for, for all of us. And and I will say that not everybody survives cancer. That's a fact. No, no but they that don't. doesn't mean that you can't heal the wounding and 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 the dis-ease, the baggage that we carry, and leave when you leave your body, leave in peace, yes. and be grateful that you could leave in peace. What a gift! How many people leave in peace? Most people end up, and I worked with a lot of people way back in Los Angeles when I was living there, that were dying from cancer. And instead of them trying to save their physical bodies, because it was Uh beyond that now, I worked with them in helping them to come to peace and forgiveness in their life. So when they did pass, they passed in that energy. And I, I will tell you, that was beautiful, incredible work for me to see the transformation for so many of these women that I worked with back then that knew they were going to die, but they were able to transcend the old negative thoughts and fears around that and leave in peace. And it was a huge gift for their families as well. And so you capture something there that's really important, Brenda, is that we're not living in a vacuum either. You know, I think sometimes, right. you know, we all know someone who's died of cancer. We may know someone who was relatively, you know, quite spiritual. I know of stories of, you know, people who, who you know, seem to be in a, a, a have a reasonably good attitude. And that, But what about that? You know, what about how we're all in this together and how what happens in our lives, you know, can there be things that are that are meant to help those around us? You know, well, uh, Marcia, that gets to you be can a really, much broader thing. This is Marcia's experience, and Marcia, you can speak mm-hmm. to that because you have an amazing story around that. Well, it's one of the, I think, the strong foundations um, that Brenda and I have built our our relationship, friendship uh-huh. on, and our, our working relationship as well that has grown into, you know, something even much sweeter and greater than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, about the year before I met Brenda, I had lost my, my best friend of 45 years um, to cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, she was actually a healer. And you're talking about, you know, very spiritual people. She had spent the last couple of her years studying shamanism and was sort of moving in that direction. She was, you know, really her vibration was very high. And, you know, when she was first diagnosed, we thought, you know, we'll, we'll be able to take care of that. And they'll, you know, the healing, it was like really feeling that. And that was, you know, we really thought that was going to happen. And 15 months later, it was, you know, clear that there was nothing that could be done for her, yeah. and um, she had one of the most beautiful passings that, I mean, we should all be mm-hmm. so blessed. You know, she knew in the last two weeks of her life that this was it, and so, you know, her husband took her home, and 
and people from all over the country flew in to say goodbye to her and she you know she said to me she said I feel like I'm just holding court and you know the curtains open <laughs> and somebody new comes in and she says and I yeah. you know I tell him sit down and tell me what's going on with you you know what's happening in your life and she she's that's how she spent the last 2 weeks of her life and no you know I'm not tr- trying to make this some beautiful thing she went through the yeah. physical physical huh. death you know but yeah. her spirit was so raised up and she was healed on so many levels it was not her journey to stay on this earth plane for whatever reason it was time mm-hmm. for her to go i don't begin to try and understand mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um it certainly is not my first choice um but it is what happened so for me that i have to find the gift in that one of the most devastating experiences of my life yeah. so far yeah. but there have been so many gifts, and I feel so divinely guided by her from, you know, just meeting Brenda, I feel, was part of Melinda's doing. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's I felt very that, present you know, with this whole, she is incredibly present with this journey with Marsha and I. And I got to feel her presence in Marsha's home and Marsha has her dog, who's phenomenal. I could feel her presence with her dog. And I know she's one of the guiding lights here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I never knew so her, but I know her spirit. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so appreciative that we're talking about this, because I think that's a question that often comes up. You know, maybe we lose a child to cancer, and it's devastating. You know, and how, mm-hmm. you know... you. And and yet, you know, maybe it leads to things, you know, it has it has effects that we may not even be able to understand. And I feel like, um, you know, there can be subtleties here, and I'm glad that we're addressing this. And I think you mm-hmm. had that experience, Marcia, for a very real reason, so that, you know, you could see that, you know, there are times when someone is ready to leave, um, I know a story about a unity minister that it was a similar kind of thing. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason why this is important for both of you and for everyone listening is that it's easy, and this happened in the fundamentalist community too. We can kind of stand in judgment sometimes too, like, you know, what is that person doing wrong? Or, you know, and, and when you know, it's it's part of their journey. And, and there's a subtle distinction and we don't want to be in that in that place at all. We we don't know why a soul chooses a path sometimes, right. you know, and it can be right. a very spiritual person. And and I think it's important to bring this up because because we have to to have that broader understanding. Well, if we truly are rooted in love, yes, as we say we are and we begin yes. to grasp deeper meanings and understandings of that, then we come to the realization, the awareness, that everything serves, everything serves a purpose here. Death serves a purpose. If a child, a sick child is born to parents, that child is serving a purpose here, not only for himself or herself, but for everyone connected to that child. So there is a higher purpose for everything. And again, it goes back to, are we willing to see, to look, to discover, 
to be curious about what purpose is being served. We're like yeah. these we're like these adventurers on an adventure here and are we looking for gold or are we constantly looking for iron and hitting iron? We're we're really truly alchemists. We have the ability to change lead, a challenge, into gold, a, a beautiful, very serving purpose. It's a matter of whether we're willing to see it that way and hold it that way. And it just goes back to that free free will. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, that healing is, is not only defined by someone living. You right. know, there are a lot of people who are living who are not healed. And there are people who have healings who have died yes. <laughs> and passed yes. on to the to the next world, whatever you believe that to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Well, you know this the show is is rapidly coming to an end, and I I could talk to you for another hour, I swear. But <laughs> um, I I want to first of all I want to just thank you both for being here, and what a what a a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And I want to make sure people know where to find out more about your work. Well, they can find out about our work on our website, intentionalshift.com. They can see the clip of the Today Show. They can purchase the book. Uh, it goes right to Amazon.com where the book is, um, you know, and learn about Marsha and our third partner, Marla, in intentional shift in myself. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for being here. And I, I feel that um, this, you really present some very powerful, powerful things that that we all are on a journey in understanding. And, and I just so appreciate that you're sharing your authentic selves with the world, which is connected to the universe. Not ego. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you for making the space for that to happen. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, take care, both of you. Thank you. You too. All right. And I just wanted to um, wrap up quickly with just a couple of logistical things. Um, the, The next show is Saturday, May 9th. We're going to do another evening show, 7 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern. I have Joy Ray Freeman coming on, and this will be a a lighter evening, as we often have on Saturday nights. Um, she will be talking to callers about romance um, because she has been a, a matchmaker in that area in Beverly Hills and also a very spiritual person. Um, And so Joy Ray Freeman will be on this Saturday, May 9th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. And you can learn all about upcoming episodes at FrontierBeyondFear.com as well as the entire archive. And I do invite you to go to iTunes. More people are starting to discover it over there. I always forget to remind people. And I am in the process because we're being facilitated to put the show in more places of doing just that. I hope to get the show in more places so that you can access it in more ways. So FrontierBeyondFear.com is the place to go. And I also welcome your support. This is a listener-supported broadcast, and I always welcome your loving support, energetic or otherwise, and I appreciate the community around this show. 
I do have an upcoming booth coming up, kind of a, a fun one, at, at the McMinnville UFO Fest, um, May 15th through 16th. Um, and I always take the approach of in higher consciousness. We know there are other societies out there. They're finding planets every day who know that they're one with the universe too. And so the more conscious we are of their loving presence, that is not fringe. That's actually, it makes logical sense and it makes loving spiritual sense. So I will have a booth there in McMinnville, and I will have that out on Frontier Beyond Fear dot com. So um, with that said, I do invite you to explore the work of the guests that we had today, Brenda Michaels and Marsha Mercant, and you know, just really reflect upon how our experience of life, um, how our approach to life influences the journey, and also how we are responding to everything going on around us, because there are just so many ways of understanding the journeys of others and how they impact us. We are all in this together, and and I feel that there's real intricacy in this, but there's also simplicity once you see that love is the key, loving one another, loving ourselves. So... Um, may you go in peace today as you reflect upon these things.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.